It's really interesting to see this level of functionality included in this. You know that this has been developed over the course of time based on those needs, but you can see how valuable this would be. And when you start to compare some of this deep functionality to some of the, the you know, to your point, the, the larger systems, you're, you're going to be scrambling to figure out how to handle this functionality. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. Do you know an ERP system that is designed for the lumber and building material industry? Do you know an ERP system that is integrated with most modeling software in the building material space? Do you know an ERP system that allows entering delivery number and carrier while receiving inventory in the warehouse? Do you know an ERP system that allows picking based on sales orders? If you have guessed this track, then you are right. In today's episode, we invited a panel of industry experts for a live discussion on LinkedIn to conduct an independent review of BizTrack's capabilities. We covered many grounds, including its alignment with the building materials distributors and why this vertical has unique needs where a vanilla ERP might struggle. Finally, we covered different integration requirements such as with the estimation software and e-commerce platforms and how critical that is for ERP systems in this industry. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. And if you're joining for the first time, this is part of our industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We review one vendor or the solution independently. And for today, we have a very interesting solution. It's called uh, Apicor Bistrack. And you are going to be thinking this is just some small solution that is probably going to die very soon. Uh, but we will review the differentiator of the solution. And um, and towards the end of the show, we'll ask you if you feel that's going to happen. Because this is very, very, very interesting overall from the positioning perspective. So we are going to have a lot of fun discussing that. Before we do that, we are going to start with everybody's intros. I am going to start with my intro. I am Sam Gupta, principal at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm. On that note, I am going to move to Dave for his intro. Thanks, Sam. Hey, everybody. My name is Dave Chrysler, and I own an operations consulting business working with leaders in the manufacturing and distribution spaces to help them create systems that drive growth and operate with excellence. So excited to be here with you today, Sam. Thanks. And amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Dave. And if you're in the audience and joining for the first time, make sure you guys post your questions and comments. We typically try to cover them during the show. And if we run out of time, then we'll make sure that you are going to receive your answers. On that note, Dave, I am going to start with the quick briefing 
of the solution, how they fit into the Epicore value chain and then overarching value chain, I guess. And then we can um, listen to your commentary as well in terms of what you think. Um, so in terms of a quick rundown of different solutions that we have reviewed from Epicore, obviously we have done the corporate strategy. We have done, if I remember, Kinetic, Profit21, Eclipse, you know, those three. Do you recall if we have done any other Epicore ones? I don't think I don't think so. Not that, uh, not that I recall, Sam. Yeah, obviously they have a lot of products. <laughs> yeah, Epicor has a lot of products as well, similar to ECI and Four. In fact, I mean this is the point that we are going to be talking about comparison between Enforce strategy, Epicor strategy, ECI's strategy, and in general they are very comparable. Okay, so their goal is going to be to put as much as possible. In the suite, that's how these companies work in general. That's their positioning in the market. But the way Apicor approaches things is very different from how Apicor does things versus ECI. I would think ECI probably have similar go-to-market strategy as Apicor. And the way Apicor likes to think and uh, the kind of you know solutions they have acquired, they are going after very, very, very small ecosystems. Okay. And when I say small ecosystem, it's very niche down. And typically, these ecosystems are created around either buying group or a magazine or a media company. So it's a very interesting play, <laughs> the way it works. Obviously, media companies, buying groups, they all are very tied together. So in this particular case, when you look at Apicor, Bistrack is a very unique solution. Okay, And in this particular case, they are trying to go after, they call it as more of the LBM market which is the lumber building management and a little bit of metal market. But, you know, if you look at the solution, it's really designed towards building material contractors. And in, in building material dealers as well, there is a very, 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 very thin slice there. It is really going to be for all of those kitchen decor windows as well as door sort of dealers. And by the way, not manufacturers, even though they might be doing a little bit of manufacturing as well. But this is really designed for the dealers. And that's how specific it gets. And it's a very interesting business model. And there are some layers uh, in this particular conversation, as well as in the solution that you are going to see, that they go through very different planning cycle. They have very different estimation cycle. And that's why this solution is very, very, very critical and important. If you even Apicor tried to position some of their other solutions that are going to be slightly superior in technology, I don't think they are going to work. Okay, so that's what makes it very interesting. Dave, any commentary by any chance? Any questions? No, I mean, I, I was not familiar with this uh, solution before I, I took a look at the deck. But, you know, I agree with you. It's, it's interesting to see how how that strategy lays out and, and what will ultimately end up happening kind of moving forward. Because as, as you know, I mean, not even directly tied to the ERP space, but, you know, just from a more general standpoint, um, it's going to be a real challenge to, to maintain uh, and, and continue to develop all of these different solutions. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens in the long run of that. I mean, it makes it makes a lot of sense for those individual categories. Just don't know what the sustainability of the development side of it's going to be. So, Dave, my commentary on that is going to be as a customer, I think these guys are in really tough spot. OK, and the reason why I call this as a tough spot is Either they can be on something like Epicor Bistrack, which is obviously going to be very clunky technology. It's probably not going to receive as much R&D dollars as some of the other products, because obviously they are driving a lot more revenue for Epicor. 
you know, so obviously they are going to get a lot more attention about that. Now, the other choice the customers are going to have, let's say if they don't go for the solution, they are probably going to go for something like Acumatica NetSuite, the newer solution uh, that we have in the market. But then on top of that, you have really thick add-on, okay? And that thick add-on, sometimes let's say if it is promoted by a bar and they might have three installations, five installations. So now if you were to predict the life of those solutions, okay, okay. I, I it gets really tricky and sometimes it's very hard to predict, you know, whether they are going to survive uh in the market or not so again in my mind it's a very tough spot to be because let's say if you go for acumatic and or any other vanilla erp solution uh, you know if the bar goes out then the vanilla solution is either going to be very expensive uh very expensive to customize or it's just not gonna work so so what can you do so again it's a very tricky space yeah i mean you know I, I would say to add on to that i would say uh you know you're probably looking at a lot of legacy businesses so there's you know not not probably a probably more acquisition cycle than you know kind of new growth but even to that point it's still going to be a challenge to decide how to move forward in in that scenario because you're still you know additional acquisitions you're going to have larger facilities which means you need more more controls yeah. more data you know to be able to operate efficiently so it's 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 really it is it's it's going to be really interesting to kind of see how uh see how it shakes out on both sides yeah and just to be clear i guess these solutions are really designed for that lower end of the smaller segment, I would say. Um, you know, I don't think any company that is going to be, let's say, $100 million is probably going to be running on this. So this is really a full suite solution for companies that are probably moving away from QuickBooks to spend some years. They might be at $20, $30 million, $40, 50 That's probably my way for solutions like this. I don't think they can get to $100, $200 million on, on this solution. Um, Okay, um, so overall, from the positioning perspective, there are two or three different solutions in Apicore portfolio as well. Obviously, this is going to have very, very, very small market. Even Apicore Eclipse, I would say, is probably have bigger install base than this one, just because their market is big, bigger. They are going after all of the uh, verticals in the HVAC ecosystem. And I don't recall the name of which particular uh, either buying group or just very large distributor who was trying to supply it to all of their suppliers uh, and that was a plumbing um, uh, company if i remember correctly johnston supply i guess right yeah i i believe so yeah so they were in that uh, and obviously this is very uh, you know specific as well so unless you have any other comments i'll, I'll start on the slides uh, dave no all right so here and in the positioning as well you can find a lot of different layers so in this particular case, they are saying Apicor Bistrack with 50 years of industry experience, we apply a deep understanding to our ERP software for building material suppliers is how they are defining. But even among building material suppliers, there is a very small niche that they are going after. It's not all of the building material supplier. I would say uh, the companies that are probably going to be in the concrete space, probably, you know, this is probably not going to work for them. Uh, you know, because their distribution model is very different. Uh, the way they integrate in, integrate with, let's say, the weighing machine, the way they sort of take their raw materials, it's, it's very, very different compared to what these guys are doing. This is a very specific space in the kitchen windows and, and, and door space. Uh, and they are saying distributors and metal service centers. So a lot of people, when they think of metal and lumber, they are going to think that, you know what, this should be similar to probably Infor Visual. And Infor Visual has a very unique 
offering as well because typically when you are going to get into that piece inventory consumption based inventory scenarios that's where it gets really tricky in the metals uh, and here we are not talking about that metal <laughs> we are talking about the metal door so again very 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 different space. um so here are some of the product categories and by the way this is the uh, ecosystem that i'm talking about i think this is where they have the largest number of customers so this is the pro sales okay pro sales is a magazine they publish the top 100 distribution their ecosystem so they have a community and i don't know how large that community is sometimes that could be thousand distributors that could be part of that community so it could be a magazine it could be a media company it could be uh, just the industry influencers or it could be a buying group depending upon how they are positioned so pro sales they probably have a lot of layers of that primarily it's a magazine media company uh, but their goal is really to bring this community together and these are the products that they like to focus on so it's going to be decking it's going to be drywall it's going to be insulation kitchen and bath lumber but lumber again i think there are layers in lumber as well not everything lumber only related to home construction residential is what they are talking about from the lumber perspective roofing and again if you look at the common trend among these categories it's all residential construction is what we are looking at uh you know uh, siding and trim technology and technology and there are going to be some of the erp systems that that is going to be part of this <laughs> ecosystem as well tools and equipment windows and doors go ahead Dave. it's just going to add to that. i'm sure you know point of sale systems are are going to fall exactly. into that technology bucket as well but yeah i mean I, I would put this into the uh either you know kind of state and or regional uh you know home products yep. type distributor you know um here in Michigan, we've got a, a, a company like that, John's Lumber. Uh, you know, it's a it's a statewide uh, business. You know, multiple locations. Yep. Uh, but they are they they are in this space selling directly to uh, mostly you know builders and and uh, pro grade people. Um, so not obviously big box uh, type of a Home Depot something like that. It's uh, you know completely different. Could not agree more. I completely agree. Uh, and by the way, this is the sample of you know the similar customers that you mentioned. So here we have 84 Lumber, we have ABC Supply. Obviously, the awards that they are distributing are for these customers as well. And sometimes they are going to have massive influence. They are probably going to have influence on the ERP system as well. Okay, so this is going to be uh, America's construction source. And obviously, Africor is going to be investing a lot in the sponsoring this particular media group because they are driving a lot of deals. So naturally, you have a little play there. Okay. So now let's look at uh, you know some of the unique layers of what is common in this particular industry. And Dave, you are so spot on when you are talking about these individual stores. And they have a little e-commerce play. They have a little home delivery play, which is very unique in in this particular segment. I would think if you look at the TMS processes of this particular space, it's going to be very similar to your food and beverage. Okay, they also have very small trucks. Uh, sometimes let's say if you look at segments such as frozen food. Okay, if you go to 3PLs, they probably will not be able to deliver for you. So, and, you know, think like frozen food, meat, those are very, very unique verticals. So that's where you're going to have very similar processes, uh, you know, of your TMS, the way these guys work. Now, we have seen the electronic signature in uh, the HVAC space as well. Now, these electronic signatures are not necessary as such, okay? Like, this is not necessarily a regulated space where you need to get signature. These are not very expensive materials that you are supplying to these customers but it's just the culture that these industries have and they have to enable those processes because their customers are probably going to expect that when you are going to be delivering something you still have to sign it's a very traditional way of doing that i've delivered something to you 
now you can track all of these things electronically so signature don't have a lot of meaning in this particular industry but you are going to find similar layers in this uh, vertical as we saw in case of your uh, eclipse uh, industry so here on the e-commerce commentary here we have integrate the online store with your co-op and buying group and that's a big deal guys that integration itself is very expensive because sometimes what these buying groups are trying to do is they are trying to promote their own skew mix. They are trying to impose, okay, these are the only SKUs. If you are a member of my buying group, <laughs> you can sell, okay? So you have a lot of standardization. Obviously, there are some incentives aligned from the buying group as well, but they help in, in a lot of ways because they are getting the discounts. Uh, if That's how their business model works. But from the integration perspective, that's where the real differentiator is. So if you are going to go for a vanilla platform, they are not going to have this integration. And that's what we saw in the case of your HVAC, plumbing, electrical codes, when you have to integrate with your industry standards, good luck with that, because that's going to be really expensive. So your choice is going to be either you buy this or you buy a very HVAC flavored solution on top of NetSuite Acumatica, then only they probably it will work for you. Now, here we are talking about use dynamic pricing to display retail and negotiated pricing for customers. By the way, the pricing is very unique as well. And this is the first time I have seen pricing like this in any vertical. Okay. I think this is going to be, and they most likely you will be able to relate with this because most likely it is probably going to be very similar to the way print space works. Okay. And uh, so far, my understanding was that I'm always afraid of playing in print space because I, feel that it's very complicated and <laughs> okay it's very challenging in the print space but this space is is equally challenging as well once you look at their bombs the way they are doing this yeah i mean to that point you know my takeaway on that uh sam is, is <laughs> you know it's it's kind of uh i chuckle only from the standpoint of your comment that you know everybody's kind of looking for uh you know a different thing to display to to, to their customers uh, and these, you know, the different buying groups, the different customer groups, all of yeah. that kind of plays into that scenario. So, um, yeah, you know, understanding what what people need to see, what groups they're a part of and all of the layers that go in from a, a, you know, an integration standpoint, you're smart to point that out because that could be really challenging yeah. um, for for a lot of a lot of solutions. Exactly, exactly. And and just one more comment there, Dave. And overall, the way the buying group space is evolving, the way their business models are evolving, there is a chance that we might end up being something like the way your alcohol or tobacco or cannabis space works. And you know how challenging that space is. If you yeah. are selling, let's say, in Canada, and you have to, you can't sort of own the product. LCBO here in Canada is going to own the product. So I don't know why you have an ERP system because you anyways don't own the inventory. Okay, then they are going to release the inventory when, you know, somebody is going to buy that. So you never sort of touch the product. Okay, you are really a broker in that game. So it becomes very, very, very difficult to implement mainstream ERP systems and that vertical. And my take in this is going to be the way these purchasing groups, GPUs, buying groups, the way they are shaping up, there is a very good chance that a lot of industries might follow the similar business. So this is probably going to disrupt the, the whole ERP industry. Um, so this is a very, very, very interesting play. 
Okay, so here we have some more uh, commentary here overall from the BizTrack delivery perspective. And this is the delivery aspect, the TMS, um, you know, layer that we have that is very tightly embedded as part of your operational process. So here, this is the drag and drop journey builder tools to intelligent plan for trucks and drivers. So typically, you know, when you look at the some of the mainstream ERP systems, they don't really get into WMS and TMS. Okay, they might have a tiny WMS module, you know, but that's not a real WMS, WMS. But when you have to plan around your own vehicles, good luck with that. <laughs> you know, because most of the, even the smaller TMS systems, for example, let's say if you look at some of the rate shopping platforms, they don't really have those fleet management workflows built up. Okay, so how are you going to manage those fleet and how are you going to do with, uh, going to be doing the scheduling? And this is where you get into that transportation business, which is very different operationally in general. So again, you know, when I look at food business, when I look at this business, it's very unique. Now, here they are saying it's easy to assign drops for specific journeys, I guess. And then they are saying uh, they have a lot of different things. And this is the whole, you know, it's very complicated because now they are talking about you have to estimate the capacities, you know, driver preferences, the, uh, you know, customer signing requirements, including last minute changes. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot <laughs> from the operations perspective. Right, Dave? Yeah, I mean, it'd be really interesting to see all of this, uh, you know, in a live scenario because um, you you can just see the challenges that happen. You know, you've got a last minute order that that potentially could have been bundled on a on a delivery, let's say, or a customer pickup, but it didn't get picked because the notification didn't kick out to the, uh, you know, to the warehouse correctly. And 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 your point about the majority of mainline systems not including some of this functionality. I mean, it's spot on because uh, I've, I've, you know, have worked in some uh, larger systems that don't include this. And, you know, you end up whether or not you bring in a, a bolt on or, you know, kind of handle it outside of the system in a, a third party manner. Um, all of it becomes challenging because yeah. of this communication and the request from the customer, because in their mind, they're thinking, well, I, I let you know, you know, I put the order in online, I called. And, you know, the reality of that communication flow in that process, it is just not that seamless. So the fact that this solution has the ability to do some of those things, as I, as I said, I'd love to see some of that functionality uh, and flow in person because I'm I'm sure that it's uh, I'm sure that it's I mean the functionality is going to be there the technology is going to be clunky <laughs> that's the only thing but I mean it's okay at least you know it's functionally rich right uh, okay so here we have uh, you know picking tickets are printed just before picking begins to reflect the very latest information that's very common uh, and allow staff to print a complete journey manifest. And journey manifest is very different than your big ticket, pick ticket. So let's say if you are looking at traditional ERP systems, then what they are going to do, you are going to have a pick ticket and you simply pick and pack inside your warehouse, then you have shipment ready. And then you go to a shipping solution that is probably going to be shipping this for you. But here you are printing a journey manifest. The way journey manifest works is it's almost like your pick ticket, but you are picking for a vehicle because you are trying to sort of manage the load of the vehicle. And again, this is a very transportation centric scenario. This is part, typically part of TMS system. So they are able to house a lot of this functionality as part of the, the ERP itself. So here they are saying drag and drop. And this is a very dispatch scheduling workflow of a transportation company. They typically manage the workload of trucks. Then you get into the LTL, FTL scenario. That's what they are doing, but for at a very small scale. 
So here we have the customer information such as job numbers, maps, directions, and delivery notes, and credit notes. Now, this could be very confusing when you look at this one, and you are probably going to be thinking that, okay, isn't field service similar to this? No, because in field service, you are going to have the map, you are going to have the route, but you don't necessarily are packing the orders that you need to distribute, and you are not optimizing the route for that, right? So that's a very different. This is completely different. This is pure play TMS, but they are able to provide that integrated as part of your ERP processing. And that's why when you look at the big, bigger companies, typically they are going to go for either Oracle, honestly speaking, you know, bigger installation. Oracle does really well in this space. And then obviously Microsoft is the leader uh, in this space as well when you look at the, the bigger installations. And the reason why they are leader is because your TMS processes are built as part of your Microsoft Dynamics FNO. Oracle has that built as well. There are some other companies, for example, QID has that built too, but a lot of them are not going to have that. SAP, they don't even have WMS built. <laughs> you have to use third party. You have to use best of date. So again, it's a very design architecture uh, discussion in terms of where you want to host these processes and how that is going to impact your operation. So Journey Planner, some more comment here. This track, uh, web user experience to provide easy to use built-in dispatch. Uh, delivery planning capabilities. Bistrack Journey Planner uh, simplifies the critically important task for delivery scheduling, vehicle selection, okay? Then you have the manifest creation. It helps to keep customers satisfied, optimize truck and driver usage. Can you believe this? How deep that is? <laughs> Go ahead, babe. You have a comment? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, just, it's really interesting to see this level of functionality uh, included in this because, again, I, I think... Uh, from the the kind of the niche perspective, the vertical perspective, right? You think about it, and you know that this has been developed over the course of time based on based on those needs. But you can see how valuable this would be, and when you start to compare some of this deep functionality to some of the the you know to your point, the the larger systems, you're, you're going to be scrambling to figure out how to handle this functionality. So it's just, it's really interesting to see that, that deep of functionality included. Yeah. And we are going to review some screens as well. And it's, it's really interesting. So here, some more commentary here, they are saying real time order tracking. And by the way, order tracking is not really limited to your number one, you know, just the warehouse. It's the entire journey. So this is where your supply chain, people talk about supply chain. And this is not in this particular case, you don't necessarily have the third-party integration. When they talk, talk about supply chain network, in that, as your shipment is moving through multiple movements across the supply chain, it could be your own vehicle or it could be train, it could be something else, right? So you can track the whole thing. In this particular case, you are managing it at a local level. So that's the functionality that they are talking about. But it's very interesting overall. Then here they are saying get to each delivery site assigned by mapping software, easily download and document deliveries and pickups. And by the way, one more comment I'll make is in the food space, in this space as well, you are going to find a lot of bolt-ons that sit on top of e-commerce platforms that typically do this, to be honest. But then you are not going to get that supply chain perspective. You might have a bolt-on WMS, TMS. They might, but inventory is never going to be aligned. So it, it becomes really tricky to manage that that way. Yeah, I mean, th this to me is a business that e-commerce came in, you know, way after the fact and and is typically a complete afterthought for most of these businesses. Uh, they're not driving any significant amount of volume or revenue through their e-commerce platforms. It's a, <laughs> I mean, it gets back to, you know, some of the conversations about where, where does this data ultimately live and how you can make this information more accessible to your customers. 
customers. And that's a perfect spot, a, a perfect conversation on the e-commerce side of this because because of, you know, how this business has developed. Over- yeah, could not agree more. Great comments. So here, yeah, and they are talking about proof of delivery as well, which in my opinion, this is a process issue. They just don't need, uh, you know, they are doing this just to sort of, I think they are doing this to enable more of the cycle counting process, to be honest, uh, as well as just doing the matching because you need signature to be able to match your document. But if you have the real ERP, probably you don't need that. But they are still doing that in this industry. Then you have the barcode scans. Drivers can capture delivery time and location, picture of goods delivered. By the way, you need signature in transportation industry as well. And that's the biggest failure point in the entire transportation industry. It's going to be your driver input. Okay, when they are going to be sending inputs, okay, they are going to be writing, when they say write nine, it might appear as six. And and you have to pay them based on that. Uh, so it becomes very, very, very interesting in that space. Okay, some people try to do mobile data capture, but integration, good luck with that. So it, it's a huge challenge in that space. And now we are talking about drivers here as well. And it's very, very, very hard to get data from them. Okay, so here we have some more commentary here. Pickup you have made, you can uh, avoid costly write-offs. Uh, that may otherwise occur. Uh, you know, they are talking about that. Then you have, this is optimized purchasing and stock control. So here they have this suggested uh, replenishment orders, but that's very common in general, traditional and buying group EDI, okay? So buying groups, again, they are very, very, very interesting to work with. And now they have the EDI as well. Can you believe this, okay? So this is not going to be just the customer. These are more of the influencers that have come up with the EDI flow because of the order volume. So now you have to figure out how to integrate with them if you want to work with them. Very interesting. Then you have the extensive costing, including project buys. Then you have BMI. And this is the first time I have really seen the vendor management inventory referred somewhere. Uh, you know, to be honest, it's sort of there, but it's not there with a lot of different ERP systems. But in this industry, they seem to have that. Supplier rebate, accrual, and tracking, that could be very tricky as well, especially when you are looking at this whole buying group relationship, the way it works. You need to pass your credit from your buying group to member, member to buying group. It's all over the place overall from the financial operation. Here, they are talking about integrated manufacturing and configurator. Configurator in general is big, huge in this space. And the whole estimation module is going to be part of your configurator workflow. So again, if you were manufacturer in this space, then your processes are going to be very different than being just a dealer. Dealer have very different business, but even they might require a little bit of manufacturing because they might be manufacturing a little bit um so this particular product is obviously for dealers so here they are uh, talking about support for door and window shops uh you know trust and panel plans millwork and other component manufacturers work orders tied to sales orders and guys we are going to review these screens even though they are talking about work orders tied to sales orders that doesn't sound like a big deal because most ERP systems are probably going to do that, right? But the way these guys are picking and packing and receiving, it's very different. You know, sometimes that could be a process, okay? And sometimes that's a need. <laughs> so they have the built-in product configurator tool. Then they have the multi-location and multi-location accounting is very, very, very different, okay? Not every ERP system is going to support that. Especially when you look at the manufacturing, they don't really have the branch account. Branch accounting in general is very different. So, you know, if you are going to have your either channel-based business or you're going to have retail-based business, 
make sure you have the branch accounting supported. And that's why branch accounting is, is supported as part of this. So they are saying multi-location, multi-level work orders with automated location transfers. And that's where the real trick is, uh, the way replenishment is going to work. Um, centralized multi-location dispatch and delivery planning and routing. That's a very unique functionality. You are only going to find in systems like this. Vehicle and load planning, again, very, very unique. Uh, driver manifest, uh, job site delivery location. Dave, comments? No, it's uh, it's like you said, it, it's pretty interesting to see some of this functionality. Um, so, you know, interested to get into some of the screens. Um, yeah, I'll stop there. Yeah. So when you look at these screens, this is the mobile experience and mobile experience is probably the easiest to enable. I mean, you can probably hook up your mainframe to your mobile screen. No big deal. And you can create really pretty screens. <laughs> So mobile screens are probably going to be okay. Okay, even though in my eyes, these are still very legacy. In general, the way UI is, the UX is, it's, it's very legacy. One of the things that you are going to notice is going to be, this is the picking process from the mobile person and they are able to support. So one unique thing that I have never seen before. Okay, this is going to be getting your delivery note number. Okay, as part of your picking process, as well as carrier. Let's think about that for a second. <laughs> as part of your picking process. Typically, you are going to have the product, you are going to have a SKU, you are going to have quantity, you are going to have lot number. Where do you have carrier? <laughs> that typically happens after your picking packing process. In this particular case, they need that. That's how their operations are designed. Now, they, you know, this could be a process issue. And sometimes it's, uh, that's how industry works. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not familiar enough to uh, be able to comment on that specifically, but definitely interesting. Yeah. Other than that, I didn't notice anything else here. Other things are okay. Now, this is your WMS experience. So uh, obviously, when you are going to have this mobile experience, it's probably not going to have the real-time connectivity. For real-time connectivity, you probably require a lot more firepower in the background. And most of these systems are deployed on a very lean infrastructure. They are not designed to support the transaction volume of a $100 million to $100 million company. Some people may argue that, you know, you are not really utilizing your ERP, maybe utilizing only for accounting. You could run a $1 billion company on that, but that's not the real ERP. The real ERP is when you are processing your end-to-end -end transaction. So in this particular case, what these systems typically do, especially WMS, so this is a very offline experience, okay? So you are keeping these things inside your mobile, and once you have accumulated, accurately you are pushing those entries to your server uh, afterwards, and that's why you have this whole send function. Now, that's a very different experience overall. There are going to be a lot of reconciliation issues. There are going to be a lot of technology syncing issues. Okay, so good luck with that <laughs> in reconciling that. But overall, this is a very legacy. Go ahead. Um, you have comment? No? Okay. So here, picking against the sales order as opposed to picking based on a pick list, right? So your traditional ERP processes are going to be that you are picking against a pick list. In this particular case, you are picking against the sales order. Again, very different industry. So now, do you really have to? Probably not. Okay. You can probably optimize your processes here. But this is how this industry works for the most part. And that's why this solution had to sort of customize their flow to fit the industry processes. But let's say if you want to grow and, and get to $200 million, when let's say you are going to be acquiring a lot of companies. You have one company that is going to be doing your building material. The next company is doing a little bit of construction. Good luck with that because you are probably going to require to eat because this is never going to work for the construction. <laughs> so at a certain point, you probably would require streamlining your processes for smaller businesses. This might be okay. So this is the POD experience. 
I really don't know why you need signature in this industry. Maybe I'm overthinking here. They all require signature in this industry for some reason. And by the way, you know, when you are going to look at the demos, they are all going to talk about, you know, how much integration they have. Okay, so we are talking about the call center experience. When the customer is going to call, the screen is going to pop up. It's going to be, they are going to have their name. You know, you are not going to get this experience even with SAP. Believe me on this, okay? <laughs> how do you beat this? Because obviously these guys are trying to provide a lot more from the functionality perspective. But when you look at the core operational streamlined processes, that's where these solutions are going to fall short. They are also going to fa uh, fall short overall in terms of the technology development. So here they have the integration, but how friendly that is going to be to use. I mean, I don't know how many customers can really afford to use Mitel, and there are going to be only few phone providers that they are going to be integrated with. So either you can switch everything to Apicore and the integration that they have, or you this is probably not going to work. This is the, they also have vendor side calling. I've never seen that before, okay? So this is the supplier call. You can record the calls. And I don't know how sophisticated these servers are because when you are going to get that, that call recorded and that is going to be hosted inside your ERP database, good luck with that. <laughs> the pricing is very unique as well, okay? Now, pricing is very important for this industry, the way they are doing. So they are able to compare and match to other locations pricing. And that's a very branch accounting centric functionality. They are able to track competitive pricing. So now if you are keeping your competitors pricing as part of your ERP, then you'll be able to compare that. Otherwise, I don't know how you are going to be comparing them. Okay. And then you also have the compare and match to catalog pricing, which is common in these industries especially when you talk about industrial distribution space. And this functionality is very, very, very hard to implement. And sometimes it could call, it could take seven days just because of one minor price change uh, in the vendor catalog because you have to go to every single uh, you know, catalog that you have to communicate with your customers. You have to update in your internal system. Uh, that handshake is extremely, extremely fragmented in general in most industries. So they are able to support that as part of the system. Uh, comment, Dave? No? No. No, it's, uh, you know, I've seen some businesses that, um, you know, on that price matching side of things, it, it's interesting to see what, what they line out for this. And, you know, it's obviously a retail environment. So they're trying to, you know, appease, uh, appease their uh, customers exactly. um, and retail from the standpoint, even in that B2B space, they're still trying to appease that, uh, you know, that uh, competitive price point. But I, what I was going to say is I've seen uh, some businesses kind of go down that rabbit hole and and spend more time, you know, and, and effort and cost than, than, than it would be to just discount it and move along. Uh, so it's interesting to see, again, this level of functionality. I wonder how often this is happening um, where they're having to do these things to be able to go through this entire cycle, then to be able to kind of put that back into what appears to be their planning cycle yeah. uh, for. For, um, you know, for price impact, because it, I, I see the note on there saying measure impact of past and future price changes uh, in one of those quadrants. So it's just interesting to see, uh, again, this level of functionality here. And I'd be curious to, to understand how uh, widely this is utilized versus just matching a, you know, matching a, a big box, uh, let's say, lumber price. Yeah. So honestly speaking, obviously, there is a little bit of marketing here and whatever is going to be mentioned, 
that might not be reflected as is, uh, you know, as part of the system, to be honest. Okay, it, it relies on a lot of different assumptions. Number one, you need to have data. That is always trickier. Number two, you know, the assumption is that everything you are using is from Epic Core. Okay, if you don't do that, then obviously you are going to struggle a little bit. So just one minor caveat there overall. Now, when you look at the pricing, and pricing is very, very unique and different. I have never seen price sensitivity to be part of the pricing equation. Here we have roles such as product manager. Again, very uncommon in manufacturing verticals. I personally, I mean, you might call them as brand manager and they are probably marketers, but they don't necessarily use ERP. But in this particular case, they have a role called product manager. This is mind blowing. Typically you hear these terms in tech industry. <laughs> and then they have the competitor pricing right here. They are selecting the competitor. So obviously the assumption is that you are keeping all of that data. And then you have the price sensitivity codes as well, which is very unique. Then you have a little bit of e-commerce experience here. So they are able to provide these portals, which is just mind blowing. It's not a real e-commerce e-commerce site, but it is just the portal that you can expose to your customer. And they have fairly decent built up portal, uh, you know, for this where they can place the transactions, etc. So which is uh, very, very, very interesting. Now, this is the e-commerce experience. Again, this is these are e-commerce portals, not really e-commerce e-commerce site. Uh, you know, you won't get any SEO juice here. Uh, this is really B2B experience when you already have customers and you are simply trying to improve the experience, then you can probably use this, but it's going to be really clunky in general. But you are going to get everything that you're in for is probably going to position that they have vendor portals. Acumatica is going to position, even though it is cloud native platforms, uh, you know, but their portals are not designed to be your e-commerce site. Okay, it's still very portal. Uh, you know, it's, it's not supposed to be e-commerce site. Obviously, if you want to implement e-commerce, then you have to go for an e-commerce platform. And that's a completely different technology in general. Here, and this is another very, very, very interesting layer. Okay. And this is your estimation tool. And they have integration with this. And this is another way of looking at these tools, how this industry works. For example, this is your, uh, you know, Severus uh, is uh, one of the platform. And it's more of the estimation tool platform. And you are going to find a category of these tools. These are designed for very specific estimation processes for this industry. And there are going to be at least five or six. And they have a little bit of coating flow, a little bit of e-commerce flow, a little bit of POS flow. Okay. So very unique category. But then they are going to support integration with only specific ERP systems. And this is one way to find out, okay, which are the industry, which are the ERP systems that are prevalent in this particular industry. For example, so let's say if you were to draw the comparison, we are talking about Epicor Bistrack. Apicor Eagle, Apicor Catalyst, okay, Apicor ECS, and Apicor acquired pretty much everything in this particular space because they obviously want to monopolize this. So this is a very smart strategy. Now ECI is actually following the same. They acquired Spruce because they are following the footsteps of Apicor, but at a smaller scale. So they go after very, very QuickBooks size customers. Apicor is going to be when you have outgrown QuickBooks. So they are going to be, you know, two to five million is what ECI's play. I would say Epicor is going to be 10 to 30, 50. Is, uh, that's how I would define Epicor market, especially for this track. This is going to be carriage and some mom and pop. This is going to be RFMS, uh, you know, Phoenix business systems. We have prosperity, ERP, uh, not as main, mainstream. But these are the ERP systems that are going to be really prevalent in this industry. Now, let's look at the, the coating workflow, okay? So this is very unique, okay? This is not your CAD software, but you probably have similar capabilities. Because you are looking at the engineering flow of designing your kitchen. So you have a little bit of construction flow there, but it's sort of the overlap of construction and manufacturing. That's where 
you know things are really really difficult in jam so here we are talking about kitchen design and in kitchen design you have to go through the whole engineering process and then that is going to spread the bomb and that's where the real trick is so that's where this integration is going to be super handy if you don't have this integration you are probably going to struggle a lot so this is where these tools and there are a lot of different tools that do just this they are going to specialize in kitchen kitchen design windows design door design uh, you know some of the things from the residential construction perspective now once you get to your erp system this is where you are going to get the document and the document itself is very involved the way their skus work is very different okay and these skus so i don't know if you are able to see this dave uh, and let me see if i can blow it up a little bit i actually download a tool uh, you know what let me not try maybe i can try okay can you see this one dave yeah okay it's much bigger right yeah so here you have the skus and these skus are going to be so for example the name of the sku is going to be uh, you know so caps but then you have the numbering scheme there 417 418 419 uh you know and that's a very unique scheme because you don't have these skus stored as part of your erp system so how are you getting this bomb okay so this is a very configurator experience but the way it is implemented is very different in general and this is the same problem that you are probably going to find in your print space as well and uh, we have some more things that are very unique uh, i think the sku numbering is probably going to be the most critical thing here that is going to be really difficult to implement um okay now the the whole sequence number and this sequence number we have seen in a lot of different verticals apicor eclipse also had the similar sequence number but they had this more for the release uh, you know as opposed to so i this whole sequence number process is mind blowing i think this is definitely a little bit of process issue uh, but this is how the industry works so here they are saying the way their processes are set up they are going to get this design from your tool you put it into your erp so you don't really have these skus but then you are trying to design the whole bomb the way the whole bomb assembly works is just the reverse process uh, you know so it's a very different so here they are saying override product details on the imported bomb and in my mind this is really a configured order but for somebody who has been doing this business this way for 15 years they will not be able to relate with the erp process because that requires change in mindset so yeah it's it's very 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 different here and again this is not really manufacturing so after you get the bomb then you are selecting the suppliers and you know obviously they have come up with many different ways of selecting the suppliers so each of these queue that you are going to have they are going to go to one of the suppliers and they are going to supply and then your your job is going to be to really assemble this that's what you are trying to do with this bomb but again the whole process is, is reversed and this is another tool uh, dave that i was talking about so this is that e-commerce coating estimation uh, you know kitchen design tool that they have so i think this is called read 2d and they can do a lot more things from the customer perspective as well but the output of that is going to go directly to erp so that's where that integration is really tricky this is another one this is slightly newer i would say iq plus they are going to have a little bit of e-commerce flow and the flavor so sometimes these tools sit on top of your magento shopify but then when you are going to be needing that tight integration with erp that's where you know it gets really tricky so here let me try to do this again uh so this one is the 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 whole bomb and the whole the bomb is very 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 complex and involved the way this works i mean there are going to be at least 20 30 items that you need to plan by the way scheduling is probably going to be very different as well if you are going to be manufacturing versus just here you have some process such as rafter cutting charge now that's a very unique process as well that's at the line item level 
okay so again very 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 interesting it will be very very hard to implement this in mainstream erp system because that needs to be at the at the line level now this is where i think this is the the traditional bomb process but the way these guys like to think they they think very differently about the bomb so here they are getting a material but then they are removing the material and they are sort of creating a raw material against the finished goods and then they are creating those operations which is your routing steps which is very standard bomb but the way again the way their operations is the way they like to think of this workflow is completely different from the other industry so this is very unique as well now the way their operations are designed that is very unique and dave i don't know if you have seen this in any other industry so here we are talking about computing the hours and the labor rate based on your source quantity based on the finished quantity percentage of source cost fixed quantity very unique yeah i've not uh i was just trying to as you were speaking there is trying to work through how that <laughs> that would necessarily come to be uh i mean obviously there's a reason behind it um but i i can't think of i off the top of my head i can't think of uh why that would be interesting very interesting so i i think the reason this is how they always operated i guess let's say if you are going to buy 100000 worth of cabinet okay how much labor do you have on that let's cut a percentage on top of that okay so this is a very back of the envelope kind of approach and that's how this industry uh, you know approached as opposed to calculating the real labor because back in the days labor was probably not as expensive <laughs> i mean that yeah so that would make sense then yeah i i guess i could i could get behind that 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 does make sense but that was definitely not my first thought <laughs> exactly i mean you know it's just in my opinion i think some of these things are very manually created process they don't need to you can simplify this but this is how the whole industry operated and they created erp systems for these things some things are really important overall that whole integration that's critical estimation there's no way you can do that inside erp <laughs> were you sam i i don't recall were you able to find how long this has been around this solution is when when this solution was originally introduced uh so i don't have a date but i think it's it's forever so it started okay. as mom and pop uh, okay. they must have started competing with apicor uh, apicor must be losing a lot so obviously apicor had to go after them and they bought yeah. it because obviously they were losing the money yeah um, yeah and this must yeah, be designed I mean, you, you can tell it's legacy it just i was yeah. just curious if if you had an an idea on on how how legacy <laughs> <laughs> No, sorry. Um here okay so this is a very interesting process as well and they are calling it as more this is at the customer order level and you have delivered to okay and delivered to is very similar to your ship to but here it's not really ship to because you are really combining your logistics processes as well so you are going to find delivered to term probably in oracle probably in your microsoft because they have these cms processes in built as part of your erp system other erp systems they don't have that because they their role finish as as soon as you uh, you know finish your processes inside your warehouse then utms take over <laughs> you know so it's very interesting the way these guys are approached one more commentary here and and this is very uh, here they are saying manufacture a new product similar to the following product so in my mind it's just cloning the bomb that's what they are trying to do uh, but obviously it's very intuitive for a builder uh that is probably doing the building construction who is probably not going to have phd or probably mba 
<laughs> before they can create this code. So for them, obviously, it's very intuitive the way they are doing. But in my mind, it's just cloning the bomb. That's what they are trying to do. And then you are saying that you selected order lines as source products. Okay. So this is very interesting as well, because sometimes you are going to have the component in your database. So that's why you would use those lines. But the other times you are going to replace. So the whole inventory is going to be all over the place because you don't know what you have in your inventory. So finance is probably after, after uh, you know, thought for these systems because they don't think from the financial GL inventory supply chain, the way supply chain is supposed to work. It's all very commerce, coating, bomb, engineering driven. It's a very technical mindset in my mind, not business. Okay, here we have one review. Uh, do the time check. We have four minutes. How much time do you need, Dave, for commentary? Just a couple minutes. Okay. So let's do this quickly, and then we can open up the floor. So here they are saying invoicing takes five steps, which is too many. Uh, you know, it might take as many with the mainstream ERP systems as well. But obviously, the person uh, we have here, she is human resources and administrative assistant. Most likely, she is wearing a lot of hats. And probably, uh, you know, she does not have very strong educational qualification. So we are looking at a small business with your fewer employees. So for them, they are very e-commerce-y. They can probably manage e-commerce systems. ERP is going to be very complicated. For them. So that's why she's feeling that, you know, five steps is probably too much. Once the ticket has been picked, you have to mark delivered. Then you must complete the AVOs. And I don't know what AVO means, to be honest. Uh, after that, then you must approve the orders. Then click invoice. I believe there should be an easy way to combine some of these steps. I also wish you could pick multiple orders. Okay, so this is the point that I wanted to make. Most of these systems are really going to struggle with one, two, and seven. Okay, they are not designed for that. They are designed for very small operation, very serial operation. One sales order, one shipment, one invoice, one delivery. Okay, done. But when you are going to grow, you are going to get the efficiency in your processes. When you are going to decouple them and you are going to analyze them individually, you are going to optimize them individually. And these systems are really poor with that. So make sure you pay attention to your one to answer. And that's the complaint that that person is going to make. Uh, and I'll open up for commentary day for you. Well, a lot of deep functionality. I know we said that throughout this, but, you know, it's really impressive to see some of what's been included here because you, you kind of know what um, you know, what the competitive landscape is from a system perspective, but you also kind of understand what the genesis of this business is. So it's interesting to see that. Um, you know, one thing that that we didn't touch on that that you touched on was some of the different boltons and and just something to be mindful of for anybody that's out there and evaluating really any any type of solution is, you know, when, when uh, I, I think we looked at what five different kind of boltons that potentially you would be in and working in that have to, you know, not only integrate, but, you know, what, what happens when, when one of those, you know, when one of those transactions gets lost, what happens when, you know, it gets duplicated, all of those intricacies uh, around your business processes are things that you need to be mindful of when you're evaluating these systems, when you're taking a look at one system versus another system. Uh, so, you know, where it wins in deep functionality for certain aspects um, because of how it's probably grown and that industry has grown, you're going to then deal with on the opposite side, probably some additional boltons that maybe you wouldn't if you went with a little bit larger selection and, and you had maybe a VAR creating some integrations custom. So I just, I, I think it's 
you know, worth mentioning that that's a consideration uh, when you're more. evaluating this yes, stuff. Could not agree more. More comments, Dave? Any other observations that stuck out to you? No, I, I think, you know, the only other thing I would say, kind of back to the, the comments about, you know, some of the, the from a process perspective, and you made the you made the very specific comment, and I've seen it happen uh, in integrations and in real life, uh, but it's that thought process around when you are going to be uh, implementing ERP, that is the time to evaluate business process. And just because the way you've, this is the way that you've always done it, and that's how maybe the industry works, this is your opportunity to make a, you know, to, to make a change and to get everybody on board with that change. Because um, when you make these decisions and kind of live with that process and you build the system around existing process that is not well functioning, you're, you're just recreating more problems down the road because the more sophisticated the systems are, uh, the more transactions that get written and the more integration and customization that needs to happen, um, which ultimately means it's going to cost you more time, energy and effort to maintain this system over the course of time. When if you would have just evaluated and, and potentially changed your processes going in, you would have been probably far better ahead. Could not agree more. Um, any more comments, Dave? No. All right, guys. So that's it for today. If you joined for the first time, it was part of our industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you guys are going to be here next week. We are going to come back with another solution or defender. On that note, thanks, everyone, for tuning in tonight. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests, and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Dave Chrysler, head over to the Chrysler. Dot club. It's T-H-E-C-R-Y-S-L-E-R dot C-L-U-B. If you want to learn more about NDE Practical, head over to ESSoft.com. It's E-S-S-O-F-T dot com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Paul Regal, who shares his insights into the operational challenges and quick fixes to deliver desired KPIs for a chemical company. Also, the interview with Bahadir Ardam, who shares his insights into the supply chain issues and processes for construction, building material, and roofing industries. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you, and I hope to catch you on the next episode of the WBS Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.